get your money right, we gon' need your mind Bills and things, hopes and dreams, one step at a time It's the queen blueprint, welcome to the movement Cash rules, everything around me, cream academy Hey Royals, it's Queen Candice, your favorite money management specialist And you're tuned into Cream Academy, the safe space for black money stories I hope you're ready for today because we're continuing the conversation on money scripts and more specifically money worship, which sounds a little demonizing, but we'll be right back to discuss after this short commercial. Whether it's tax season, the holidays, or whatever falls in between, you want to make sure that you're being smart with your money. So go visit my girl, Queen Candace at The Queen Blueprint to learn how to gain your financial freedom. You could get a personalized debt payoff plan, a full financial overview, and learn to repair your relationship with money. Smarter money moves are waiting for you at www.thequeenblueprint.com or call 877-387-BLUE. Welcome back to Cream Academy. I'm your host, Queen Candice. And today we're going to dig into how your money mind fundamentally works. In last week's episode, we covered what money scripts are. But for those who are just tuning in for the first time, I'm going to review what that is so you're not completely lost, right? Because we don't want that. I want you to understand exactly what's going on. So money scripts are underlying assumptions or beliefs about money that are typically only partially true. They're often developed in childhood and unconsciously follow you throughout adulthood. They're derived from financial flashpoints, which are early life event or a series of events associated with money. This creates a powerful lasting imprint. It's passed from generation to generation within families, cultures, and shapes financial behaviors. Unless dealt with, it becomes highly resistant to change. And it's gender neutral and associated with net worth, income, credit card debt, socioeconomic status in childhood, and a plethora of other things that we will not get into right now. So people with money avoidances typically avoid money, avoid dealing with their money while rejecting personal responsibility for their financial health. Those with a money status money script believe an increased income will be the solution to all of their problems, while people with money status money scripts are concerned with the notion that their self-worth equals their net worth. And finally, those with money vigilance tend to be watchful, alert, and concerned about their finances. So those are the four types of money scripts. And today, we are going to gain a better understanding of money worship. Remember, they believe an increased income will be the solution to all of their problems, when in fact, studies have shown that beyond 75K, there's really no increase in happiness due to money specifically. They believe the more money they have, the more power they feel, the happier they believe they are or will be. Many tycoons actually have this money script because they see money as a way to gain power or status. And they often associate money with safety, happiness, and or power, right? 
So our guest today is a very special young woman who I hold near and dear to my heart like no other because when Cream Academy was just an idea, she helped me create the platform for the original concept of the show as a YouTube series. More on this guest after the commercial break. much for keeping it locked on Cream Academy. I'm your host, Queen Candice, and today's topic is geared towards money mindset, or more officially known as money scripts. I'm joined by the amazingly talented Sarai Wildheart of Sister Biz Empowerment. Please introduce yourself and let the fan know about all the amazing things that you do. Hello, everyone. My name is Sarai Wildheart. Thank you, Candice, for that great introduction. I am a singer, songwriter, and entrepreneur. I started my own business in 2018, Sister Biz Empowerment. And in Sister Biz Empowerment, I do public relations. I do social media managing, and I am a publicist for talent recruitment and entrepreneurs seeking to gain more publicity for themselves and their business. Dope, dope, dope. Okay, so we're going to dig a little bit into, you know, your money mindset a little bit. Play around in there, okay? Okay. Have you ever felt like there is never enough money or like more money will make you happy? There are definitely times where you can feel like there's never enough money. Uh, as you know, we have to pay monthly bills. So as much as you receive money from checks, it goes right back out. So sometimes it can, you can get into a living from paycheck to paycheck cycle. And there are often times where you feel like there'll never be enough money because we're always going to have to pay bills. And even with the more money that we receive, the higher our bills may get because of the lifestyles that we choose to live. Mm-hmm. So do you think like... If you, let's say that in a wonderfully perfect universe, right, and you made, like, I want to say 10K a week, right, would you say that that's enough, or would you still be like, dang, this is still not enough, I gotta, I gotta do more, I gotta get higher, I gotta make more? In a perfect world, for me personally, I feel like 10K a week, that's an abundance of what I need at that point. After a while, I would just be looking for things to invest my my money into. Okay, okay. I like you know. Listen, I know I like that word. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, how how has your mental health played a role in your relationship with money? 
that's a very good question. Um, I would say, I would say for my mental health, sometimes you, I can fall into a depressive state if I feel overwhelmed by, you know, bills or, um, not having, not feeling like I have enough money to cover everything that I want to do, whether it's, you know, my personal expenses and my business expenses, because, you know, with business expenses, you have to make a lot of investments sometimes before you see money back, especially within your first three years of entrepreneurship. So it can get challenging and it can make you feel overwhelmed. You can get very anxious. Anxiety can play a big role. Personally, um, I've dealt with anxiety and depression. And did you know that entrepreneurs are twice as time to um, are twice as likely to deal with depression throughout, you know, entrepreneurship? Because it, it looks good, but it's definitely not easy. Yeah. So I would say mental mental health definitely plays a big part. You know, um, sometimes you deal with anxiety and depression, but you have to be able to have others around you to support you and uplift you, and then you have to be able to encourage yourself as well. As you know, I'm a part of the Promoter Network. <laughs> and, you know, I know that. <laughs> and how it started off was, you know, it, it was just three members. At first, it was me, you, and one of our other active members, Lulu. And, you know, they always say never despise small beginnings. And that's so true because that was my first year of entrepreneurship and just having you two ladies around me gave me so much motivation and, you know, inspiration. So of course I would see you guys have your own challenges. So whenever I had my challenges, I was able to talk to you guys about them because you understood them. And at the same time, I was able to watch you overcome yours. So that just gave me hope that I can overcome mine. You know, you sometimes you just got to get down and dirty. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen. Now I'm in the world. I'm doing too much. I don't know about this. <laughs> um, that's 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 wonderful. So I also know that you are a part of like a social club and other kinds of. more to like the talent. Okay, so with the talent um representation that I do, I am one of the co-founders of. of Level Up Social Club, which is a social club for women 21 and up in the New York State area who are in the entertainment business, whether you're an artist, a model, um, we have uh, we have artists, we have models, we have fashion des um, designers. So um, that that social club has that's like another form of woman empowerment that I have and that gives me more encouragement like with the music side and the artistry and the creativeness working with those people definitely helped me realize that there's no there's no limit to creation there's no limit to where you want to go Okay. Okay. I like that. I like. I like the limitless thing. Like, right? I feel like entrepreneurship is like an abundance of opportunities to do great and be great. Um, that's, that's really powerful. So, how has your artistry helped you with dealing with your money mindset and dealing with your mental health? Mm. 
So music has helped me deal with my mental health in a way that is so healing. Because for me, whenever I get overwhelmed with emotions, I write it out, whether it be a poem or whether it be a song. That's like, that's therapy for me. Because sometimes I'm one of those people, I may not want to talk about it. And, but you still have to get it out. So the best way for me to get it out is writing. And it's like, once you write it out, that emotion is is released because you know for emotions to to deal with your emotions healthy you have to feel that you have to acknowledge that emotion feel that emotion and then release it so some people they don't have the chance to release it and then they're just harboring it because they don't have like a productive way to get it out and then it it builds up and then you know something small can happen and you'll explode so i definitely feel like music has you know a positive impact on my mental health for when I get overwhelmed and I get depressed and um, anxious. Um, and you said the money mind. So, yeah. hmm, music has definitely. Hmm, I would say music has shaped me to better handle my money because music itself is an investment. You know, you have to pay for producers and engineers, uh, studio time, video shoots, photo shoots. So that that taught me how to budget. Because if mm. I know I want to uh, release this song, I know I want to have videos for it, I know I want to have, you know, cover art, I had to sit down and say, all right, how much is all this going to cost me? All right, I need a budget. What's going to be the limit for my budget? You know, where am I going to spend what? And how can I you know, stick, how can I spend what I, how can I spend what I need to, mm, no, it's more so, how can I get the quality that I want with mm -hmm. the budget that I need? That's right. right. Okay. That's where the math comes in. <laughs> Lots of math. <laughs> Okay, so if you were enjoying the conversation thus far, please, please, please keep it locked. We'll be right back after the commercial break. Rocking with me, your favorite money management specialist here on Cream Academy. I'm joined by Sarai Wildheart of Sister Biz Empowerment, and we're about to dig into how having a money worship script has affected her craft. So, sorry, people with this specific money script often believe they must work extremely hard and excessive long hours to make money. So, have you ever felt compelled to do that as well? Yes, I definitely have. 
And I thought by working harder, it would gain me more money. And it really just made me more exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a saying, sometimes it's not about working harder, but working smarter and using your time wisely. And with certain investments, you're not going to see them right away. So I would say to make certain investments that you know aren't going to profit right away and then continue to work steady with, you know, whatever is bringing you income. So that way, after a certain amount of time, you'll have that steady income and you'll have the profit from your investments. Nice, nice. Can you elaborate a little bit on what exactly those long nights looked like? They look like being in the office from like 3 to 8 p.m. Sometimes if I don't finish what I like feel, if I don't accomplish what I feel like I should have within that day, I'll stay longer. It could be eight-hour days to 12-hour days. Well, 12-hour days. And so how consistent was that? Was that like every day for seven days a week, five days a week, four days a week? Um, I would be in the office of between three to five days a week because I had a second job. And then, so the three days that I would be in the office, probably Mondays is always a long day. That's just always a 12 hour day. And then the other days, depending on the clients that I have or the reports that I have to give, then during the week, the days will get shorter. Okay. And were you working this is seven days a week type of schedule, right? Not like a oh situation. Yeah, no, it was definitely at least five, six days a week. I always make sure I have that one day where I could be off because you can work seven days a week, but that will definitely deplete your energy. But if you have a goal, then you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. I like that. So, um, during those self-care days, what, what would you do to unwind and things like that? For my self-care days, that looks like facials, face masks. It looks like, you know, bath bombs and sleep. And, you know, eating my favorite foods, um, making sure I get exercise, doing yoga. Yoga really relaxes me, especially after a long week. My muscles get really tense. And yoga helps, you know, just relieve stress, helps me meditate and take off all the baggage from that week so I can go into the new week refresh. So I really wish that yoga would be for me, but it's just for that. <laughs> I feel like it adds stress to my body, so I don't know. Maybe I just want to walk. I don't know. <laughs> It's like, like you gotta, gotta ease your way into it. I feel like even when I ease, it's not. Listen, I don't. I'm tragic over here. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, folks also tend to feel like they need to spend money to show others love when they have some kind of money spent. So, would you say you connect with your gift giving love language? I would say. I would say I could connect with it as in I feel like it's a part of everyone's love language a little bit because 
when you genuinely like someone or love someone, you think about them, you know, even when it comes to the small things like, hey, I was at the store. Oh, I seen your favorite, you know, bag of chips or your favorite candy and I just got it for you. Or, hey, you know, I was at the mall and I see something that would look really good on you. So I got it for you. Um, I think we all like gifts. Those are like little exchanges of, you know, I was thinking about you and I don't feel like it's mandatory, but I feel like it's definitely necessary to show your partner some love. Mm. Mm. Okay. But okay. You can't let it break the bank. You can't let it hurt your pockets. Oh, that's major. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would you say, like, in, in a dating experience and how you've been dating, how does your money stay? Who are worship, worship, play a role in that. Mm. Like um, the excessive long hours and all that stuff. Like, you said the what? No, I was saying, like, you know, working the excessive long hours, having a really long drive to be like, well, I gotta do this because I need the money, and, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I would say definitely, you know, in the beginning stages of entrepreneurship, you definitely have to have someone who's understanding, who understands worth ethic and knows that you're striving for a certain goal and they have to want to support you in that goal. So it's going to be a lot of, you know, late nights. There were definitely for me, um, you know, um, a lot of times where I couldn't go out, you know, if, if my partner wanted to, hey, you know, like, let's go out, Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you get surprises for like dinner and date nights. And it's just like, I know, I'm sorry, I can't. Like, I have a certain amount of work that I have to do by tonight. And then, you know, I got to get up early tomorrow. So um, that definitely comes with that. Um, I feel like, yeah, you just have to have someone that's understanding and supporting. And how has that affected you in terms of your family life? Like, having a very healthy work-life balance? In the beginning, it's definitely hard for you to find that balance. Um, I would say, as far as family time, that has put a little strain on it, but that deals with time management. So at first, my time management was a little shaky, so therefore, it was just like, oh, you know, I'm always working and no one ever sees me, but I was okay with that because I felt like I was achieving my goals. But then after a couple of months of doing that, I realized, okay, like, I don't have a social life. I don't see my family. Um, you know, I'm always tired. Like, so then I realized, okay, hey, we have to have a system that's going to allow us to prioritize what's important. And just as much as my business is important, so is my family. Family is, like, second. God comes first. But family second, you know, you got to make sure the family is good because what's the point in, putting in all this work and then getting all the money and now your family doesn't you know support you because they feel like you neglect them and other problems that can arise out of that so um in my experience I've definitely had to learn to set that time aside so on the the days off that I do plan for myself I make sure I spend that with family and friends that's lovely <laughs> You mean that that's like that you have like specific kind of experiences, or you're just like we're gonna chill in the house and cool and calm and collected. So, 
doing what I do as far as public relations, you know, I'm always networking. And then as an artist as well, I'm going to events and shows. So after doing that all week, I don't really want to go anywhere. So <laughs> I do all my going now. I'm done. <laughs> Right, right. So after all of that, I'm just like, hey, you know, like, come over for dinner. Let's have Sunday dinner or family dinner. Let's watch a movie. Let's do, like, in-house time. I'm definitely one of those, let's stay in the house. Unless it's, like, a certain, you know, thing that they want to do, like, go to the movies or something like that, then, all right, you know, we'll do that. Awesome. And what about, and this hasn't been a question that I've asked yet on Cream Academy, but I'm very interested to know about how you view traveling, right? In terms of your money, like, do you think of it never being a thing that people pay or something that you regularly do? Like, where, where, do, you, where do you lie in that? Hmm. I feel like, hmm. I feel like I'm a little bit in the middle. Um, some, Actually, can you refer? Can you say the question again? So basically, I'm asking: Does your money or your cash flow, or your mindset on how your cash flow is, affect your ability to travel or your willingness to travel? Oh, okay. Hmm, that's true. Um, I would say it has affected my willingness to travel because I don't want to travel and then miss out on the bag. So that's the thing. When you're, when you're chasing the bag, sometimes you have to put your personal wants to the side. So I would love to vacation twice, even three times a year. But I know doing the industry that I chose requires a lot of appearances. So I'm not going to be able to travel as much. Um, I could do like little short things like, you know, go to like a different state for a weekend, but it has affected like if I wanted to go out the country and spend like a week or two and, and you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, learn other places or explore other places for a better word. Got you, got you, got you. I mean, sometimes you have to make sacrifices, but I'm hoping that's not a continuous thing where you'll get to a place in your life where you can just be like, I, I'm flying out. <laughs> right, right. Sacrifices are definitely necessary. I would say mostly in the beginning because it's how you start off, and then once you get the momentum and you have the clients and stuff, then you can more so control how much time you put in. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm going to ask you my absolute favorite question in the whole wide world. Okay. What does financial freedom mean to you? Hmm. So that's a great question. Financial freedom. Hmm. To me, financial freedom means being able to support not only myself, but my family, which would consist of my mother, my grandmother, future husband, hey, and um. And future kids, that that's the goal. The goal is to be able to, one, be financially stable myself, you know, have my own apartment, have my own car, have my office, and be able to maintain everything, and then to still have more to help others. 
So I love that response. There's no like actual solidified response to it. I just love hearing people's opinions of it. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us, Sarai. This has been thank a great having me. So Royals, you know what time it is. Your story is the key to unlocking financial healing in our culture. If I decided not to share my money story, or Hawaii decided not to share her money story, so many people would not know this at the end of the tunnel. So please, share it with me, and let's work on changing the narrative together by going to thequeenblueprint.com slash QBTV and filling up that little form at the bottom to share your money story with me. Oh, and, you know, dropping me a little line on Instagram at the Queen Blueprint. Sarai, please let the people know what this means. You can find me on IG at Sarai Waltart, S-A-R-A-I Waltart. And you can find me on Facebook under the same name. Awesome, awesome. Thank you all for tuning in. And remember, if it costs you a piece, it's too expensive. Get your money right, we gon' need your mind Bills and things, hopes and dreams, one step at a time It's the queen blueprint, welcome to the